This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Please take your Bibles. We'll be moving around to different texts this evening. Again, I want to encourage you also to take some notes. You can go back and listen to these messages as well off of our website. And I hope that you will do that and then go to prayer. It's important that when we learn from God's Word, that then we apply it uh, to our lives. We know that the Bible is God's complete revelation of Himself to us. It encourages me to know that God gave me in His Word everything He wants me to know about Himself. Everything we need to know about our Father in Heaven is revealed there. Then God graciously sent us His Son to become flesh. We beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. When you read through the Gospels, and you follow the steps of Jesus, you are following the steps of God. And what a blessing to be able to look at His life, His compassion. The Lord Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, speaking to Thomas. And so, since the Bible tells us everything we need to know about God... It follows, Harold Vaughn says, that we should tell him everything about ourselves. Now think about that. God's told us everything about himself. We need to tell him everything that we know about ourselves. Not because God needs information. He already knows, but it's a help to us. Vaughn goes on, being open with God is not about giving him information since he already knows all there is to know about us. The practice of self-disclosure, rather, is a key to intimacy with God. Sunday we talked about the flesh. And the reality is by nature we tend to cover up what is weak, shameful, and embarrassing about us. Now, there is some wisdom to that as well. The Scripture says a fool utters all of his mind. Uh, you, don't, you know, some people, you don't have to wonder what's going on in their heads or in their lives. They've already told you, okay? And that's, that's not wise. Uh, but the reality is sometimes we cover up what we shouldn't cover up. Now, this started with our great-grandparents, in a garden called Eden. Their attempts to hide and cover themselves were borderline ridiculous. And yet in our flesh, we're tempted to do the same thing as our great-grandparents. And so there in the garden, the Lord immediately showed His desire to correct what He already knew them to be. Remember, he came asking questions. He knew, but he wanted to, those questions to draw them to himself. And then after he allowed them to unload their blaming on each other, he, 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 he let them say all that. 
Then he helped them understand what the result of their sin, the results of their sin would be. And then he killed animals and shed blood to cover their sins and their shame. Those were all gracious acts, and you'll remember that at the same time he also declared, it's in, in your Bible, Genesis chapter 3, the first pronouncement of salvation. So he, he told them what he was going to do. God's response encouraged their response there in the garden to unveil their inner selves and approach God once again. A merciful relationship with God calls for honest openness. Now, this is true vertically with our Lord, as well as horizontally with each other. So tonight we want to look at a very important protocol, the openness protocol. Let me just be blunt. Don't waste your time in prayer unless you're going to be genuinely open with God. By the way, when you talk to Him, He'll talk back to you. We've seen this in this series. And He will be very open with you. All right, so the openness protocol begins with this fact. This ought to temper our thoughts. First, God already knows you. God already knows you. Consider the words of the writer of Hebrews. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Right, God made us. God made us to interact with Him. You don't get to pick or choose if you're going to interact with God. Now, people do choose that, but the best thing is for you to be in line with His plan, which is to fellowship with Him, know Him, serve Him, because someday you're going to see Him. God shows us in Scripture, including the narratives, that he is attracted by honesty, openness, and transparency. God loves that. With God, honesty isn't the best policy. It's the only one. It's the only policy. It is futile to either try to fool God or try to impress him. But it's wise to love him, fear him, and please him. And we can do all of those. Think about the fact that God never saw you in a state of innocence. Though there was a time when in His justice and mercy, he did not, uh, you did not have the cognition to be accountable. There is an age of accountability. Uh, I've heard parents, oh, isn't, isn't she sweet and innocent? She's sweet, and right now she's acting innocent, but she'll grow up. All right? God never saw us in a state of innocency. In fact, Psalm 58.3 says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. And any experienced parent says, Yeah, I know that's true. They may not have down the English language 
but they do know how to communicate what they want. And you better step up and help. Even if it is two in the morning. When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for my sins and yours, though as yet we had not committed them. Think about that. Jesus went to the cross to pay for my sin, and I hadn't committed any of them, but he knew. And he gave me life still knowing that I would obey this flesh, that I would need to be redeemed. God already knows you. He knew you before you were born. He also knows how weak and helpless we are without Him. Psalm 103, 13-15 Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear Him. For He knoweth our frame, He remembereth that we are what? That's a nice word for dirt. We're dust. For as man... His days are as grass, as a flower in the field. So he flourishes. He flourishes and then gone. Now since this is true of our God, that he knows everything about us, should we not humbly cast all our care upon him, for he cares for us? 1 Peter 5, 7. you're not going to reveal to God anything He doesn't already know. And what you don't want to talk to Him about, He already knows that too. And so nothing is off limits as we talk to God, though we should always maintain reverence. Just, just be honest with Him. He delights in us telling Him the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Now, here's a little secret. One of the best things that you can do for your spiritual life and to relieve the anxieties of your heart is just go talk to God and be honest. He welcomes that. No one has ever gone to God and say, Lord, I have something to confess. And he went, oh, our parents here might do that. You did what? It's never happened with God. All right. So he wants you to be real. He already knows. So he wants you to be real. Next, God wants, um, I'm sorry, God help, wants us to understand he already knows. And then next, God wants you to be real. Have you ever had a time when you were speaking to someone and the whole time you were talking to them, you knew they were lying to you? Now, parents, we, we would say, uh, we remember times like that. Uh, those of us in the ministry, there have been times. Somebody comes and, and their version, you, you already know, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, it's been established, uh, but they're, they're dancing around what the real problem is here. They're just not being honest with you. We've all experienced that. Now, if it bothers you as a sin, sinful creature, when someone lies to you, imagine how it offends God as the sinless Creator.
With the same passion God hates lying, He also loves honesty. I mentioned earlier that the openness protocol teaches us that a meaningful relationship with God calls for honest openness. Again, quoting Vaughn, if you want God to be real to you, you must get real with Him. Got to be real with Him. So let me ask you a question tonight. Of all the writers in the Old Testament, the biblical writers, who would you say was the most transparent in his thoughts about himself and about his God? I'm curious. Not a trick question. Who would you say of the Old Testament writers, who was the most transparent when it came to themselves and their God? Thank you. All right. I, that, uh, I hear uh, a uni unanimous voice on that. I would have to say David. Okay. Now there... There were others. Isaiah, he was transparent, wasn't he? Jeremiah was transparent. But David. David said this in Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David said that. David was very transparent. Yet there was a time in his life where he yielded to his flesh, and for a year he was not transparent. He hid his sin. In fact, he hid the sins of adultery and murder. Psalm 51 is David's repentance psalm, where he just gets transparent and honest with God. But I think it's interesting that in Psalm 51, 6, he says this, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. See, David hadn't been honest here. He allowed himself to be deceived here. And then his flesh carried out awful sin. So David goes on and says, In the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. And so God wants you to be real. Be real. How many times do we find those in the Scripture coming to God and, and you know, Cain, am I my brother's keeper? Cain, did you really just say that to God? Did you really just say that? Now God was being gracious. God was drawing him. How about Saul? Saul wasn't being honest with God. The people. No, you're king. By the way, just a little bit of a teaser. The next portion in the book of Acts that we're going to study, we're going to see how God blessed transparent, spirit-filled people in the early church. And then there was a day after all that blessing and that transparency that a husband and wife walk up to Peter and they lay down some money. And Peter says, did you sell land and is this all the money? This is it. And when they weren't transparent with God and lied to the Holy Spirit, what did God do? Ananias and Sapphira died. 
What a shock to the church. But what instruction for the church. God wants us to be real. Now, God already knows you. He wants you to be real. Be real. But this also means next, God wants to be real to you. He wants to be real to you. The openness protocol also means that you have the freedom to inquire of God. There is nothing wrong with asking questions of God any more than your children asking questions of you as a parent. As long as when we're asking questions of God, we're not doubting or accusing. This is where Job got into trouble, remember? Don't doubt. Don't accuse, but you can ask questions. In fact, in Genesis 18, Abraham questioned God about destroying Sodom if there were righteous people in that city. Lord, are you going to destroy that city if there are this many righteous there? Remember Moses questioning the Lord when the Lord threatened to destroy Israel? Lord, if, if you do this, aren't, aren't your enemies are going to say he brought him into this wilderness and he couldn't bring him into the promised land? Lord? Gideon asked questions of the Lord. We read in Judges 6, 13, Oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? God wants to be real to you. We should be willing to ask of God, nothing doubting, and to realize He welcomes authenticity before His throne. Again, He remembers your frame. He remembers that you're dust. Uh, he doesn't want anybody coming to, before the throne thinking they're super Christian. He already knows better. So come and pour your heart out to the Lord. Lord, I know you're able. I know you're all-powerful. I know you do all things well. But Lord, I'm not sure, as I depend on you, how I can hold up under this much longer. And God, you've promised that you would not allow us to be tested above that we are able. Lord, I don't know how much more I can go on. Now, I'm going to trust you, though you slay me. I'll trust you. But God, would you please... Would you please work in this night so that joy can come in the morning? Now, openness also means that we share our guilt, our concerns, our fears, and our heartaches with the one who said, cast all your care on me, for I care for you. How much of the care? All of it. All of it. And then our Savior said in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I took time as I was studying for the message just to go back and think about conversations that Jesus had with his disciples. And what it reminded me of is of the fact that God the Son was real to the disciples. They were willing to ask him all kinds of questions. Now, we can look at them and at those questions and say, 
guys, what were you thinking? But I have to remember, I have all the Bible and they didn't. Okay. But, but they felt like they could ask him questions. And some of his responses were, were direct. And, and in our reading them, we think, boy, the Lord told them what's what. But I'm not so sure that that's how it ever came across. I think they saw compassion in his eyes. I think the Lord was patient. I know he was patient with them. And though there were times that he rebuked them, O oh, ye of little faith, I think the interaction always encouraged them to be real with him because as God, he wanted to be real to them. Think about these Old Testament characters again. Abraham, Hannah, Gideon, Nehemiah never came to the Lord and said, well, you, you know I hurt, would you please fix it? When they came to the Lord, they poured out their hearts to God, were heard, and God became real to them. You ladies carry heavy burdens. So do the men. But imagine being a woman in Israel during the time of the judges. Nothing in your country is right. The Philistines are running roughshod over the land. Your husband has embraced culture, and you're not his only wife. He's got another one. Her name's Paniah. She can have babies. You can't. And because you can't, she makes life miserable for you. And when you do go to the tabernacle, and you pray, and you pour out your heart to God... There's a lousy priest there that sees you and he accuses you of being drunk. And yet she poured out her heart to God regardless of all that. Did God hear her? Did God become real to Hannah? Yeah. He gave her a son and she gave the son back to God. And God used Samuel to transition the nation from that awful time of the judges to now where they're going to have their first king, and then they're going to have their first real king. And, and who was used uh, to help that happen? A godly mother living in a very, very difficult time. But she was real in what she said to God, and God became real to her. Now understand, none of this happens unless you choose to spend time with God and you're honest and transparent. So God wants to be real to you. Now the open, openness protocol would not be complete without a final truth. And it's this. God wants you to be real before others. God wants you to be real before others. We've been reminded recently, and often from this pulpit, that our relationships all work in tandem. Again, I can't be right with God if I'm not right with others, and I can't be right with others if I'm not living in fellowship with God. It all works together. By the way, God decided that it would work that way. 
And so if we're not real, if we're not transparent, we can smile, come to church, and everybody think it's okay. God's not fooled. Now with that said, openness with God brings brokenness. And brokenness brings transparency with others, resulting in oneness. Openness with God brings brokenness. I've shared with Pastor Coles, he's experienced this as well. In every church that I've been privileged to pastor, I've met individuals, and most of the time there were guys in spiritual leadership who couldn't admit a wrong. Just wouldn't admit a wrong. Do you know what that told me about them? They weren't open with God. Openness with God brings brokenness. And that opens the door, that brokenness with, uh, allows us to be transparent with others, resulting in oneness, unity. Uh, unity. Now, as you're listening tonight, spiritually-minded people, some of you perhaps are already ahead of me on this, spiritually-minded people will look at that quote and, and then, or that, that, those statements and will uh, we'll start thinking, well, you know what, that, that progression sounds like where revival begins. That's exactly right. Why don't churches and nations have revival anymore? Well, some do. Because there's a lack of openness with God that then brings brokenness and transparency. And that's why revival often begins with prayer meetings. What do prayer meetings do? Prayer meetings cause people... I mean, you're not going to pray, have sustained seasons of prayer. You're not going to do that unless you're willing to be open with God. And when we get open with God, then He brings, He works, and there's brokenness and then transparency that results in unity and God doing a mighty work. Now listen again to James 5.16. Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So let's close tonight. I appreciate how Harold Vaughn ends this chapter. He says this, Judgment Day candor is attractive to God. Think about it. Judgment Day candor is attractive to God. In other words, it's this attitude about being with God at any moment that causes the Christian to be completely open in his or her prayer life. Do you live as though you could be with God at any moment? Because, oh, by the way, you could be with God at any moment. I've been preaching for 33 years. I can't tell you how many times I've heard about preachers standing in the pulpit who just dropped dead. So I'm including myself in this, okay? 
Please pray otherwise. But, all right. Um, but it, it can happen. We don't know what a day is going to bring forth. And so I should always live with the reality I could see Jesus like right now. And if I pray that way, I, I'll be open. Just what if? What if? Not can't happen. But what if somehow you got a message from God that said, Midnight, you're not here anymore. What would change in your life between now and midnight? Okay, so you're, you're with me here now. What guarantees you've got past midnight? So again, Judgment Day candor is attractive to God. It's this attitude of being with God in any moment that causes the Christian to be completely open in prayer with his or her Lord. So let's learn to confide in our God about everything. Full disclosure. Every time we approach Him in prayer. Amen? Let's stand together. Father, thank You for the privilege of prayer. Thank You for these protocols, these reminders. Perhaps some avoid prayer because they, they already know, you already know, and they, they'd rather not think about it. But Lord, they're avoiding the great privilege of opening their heart to you. And then, Lord, confessing whatever there, what is there that is not right with you, knowing that you'll forgive, 1 John 1, 9. And that, Lord, whatever it is that's weighing heavy on our hearts, Lord, we can pray and plead, supplicate. God, you promised to hear. So help us to be transparent. Help us not to live a lie. How foolish when you're the God with whom we have to do. Lord, strengthen our prayer lives. And Lord, help us to be transparent. Knowing your love, help us to love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.